So just taking a moment to let ourselves adjust and settle into this new moment. Appreciating the freshness of this moment. And allowing the knowing to arise that this time that we have together is, is temporary. So in that way, it's precious. In whatever way you relate to preciousness, you can allow that feeling to arise within you. Slowing down, slowing down. Very gently giving yourself permission to arrive. giving yourself permission to feel welcome, to feel safe, bringing our attention right up to the very top of our heads, giving the muscles at the top of our head permission to relax. Allowing our minds to scan over the muscles in our forehead and around the eyes, around the lips and jaw and cheeks. giving the muscles in our face permission to relax.
might even feel a sense of appreciation for just having a face. all the different parts that make it up. Bringing our attention to our neck and shoulders. Noticing if there's any tension or tightness. Gently giving our neck and shoulders permission to relax. Letting any tension we might be holding drain down through our arms, into our hands, out of our fingertips, and into the earth. Using the mind to scan across our upper, middle, and lower back. running our minds along the spine. Giving all the muscles in our back permission to relax and to use just enough energy to hold ourselves up. And as much as we can, allowing any excess tension to flow down into our seat, into our cushion, out of our backs, and into the earth. Bringing our attention to our chest and torso, to our belly and our chest area. Allowing ourselves to feel at home in our own bodies. And gently giving permission to the belly to just hang and be loose. In a way that's comfortable and that feels natural.
Taking a moment to notice the breath coming in and coming out. As your chest and belly rise and fall. Giving the legs permission to soften and relax. Any tension we might be holding can just gently invite that to flow from the hips along our upper legs, lower into our feet, out of our toes, and into the earth. And breathing in, we might silently say to ourselves, right here, Breathing out, we might silently say to ourselves, right now. Breathing in right here. Breathing out right now. Right here, right now.
And if the mind has drifted off into one place or another, that's perfectly natural, it's perfectly normal. Just gently bring the mind back home. Can let whatever thought we might be occupied with, just allow that thought to drift along like a leaf on a stream. And bring our attention back inward. If you could offer a kind thought or even just a kind feeling to your mind and body right now, what would that thought be? How would that feel? How does it feel to even just make the effort to be kind to yourself? If there's any part of you that's suffering right now, mentally, emotionally, physically, the heart can just go out to all those places that are suffering. And say, it's okay. I'm here. I hear you. I love you. And if there are parts of you mentally, physically, emotionally, that feel really good right now, the heart can go out to them and just say, I'm grateful. Thank you. We can always offer ourselves gratitude and kindness. In these last few moments, I would invite you to call up your intention for the remainder of the morning or for the rest of the day. What would you like to do more of, less of, when this day ends? How would you like to have spent it? And as the day progresses, to just reflect on your intention. On a clear day, 
rise and look around you and you'll see who just who you are on a clear day how it will astound you that the glow of your being outshines every star and you feel part of every mountain sea and shore you can hear from far and near a world you've never heard before on a clear day on that clear clear day you can see forever more Good morning. I don't know if this is contraband, but I wrote m some of my notes in my phone, so please <laughs> don't, 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 let, don't let my actions reflect on the entire um, establishment. That's how I feel pretty much all the time. I'm like, oh my God, please don't let my actions reflect on everything else that I'm a part of. Um, so welcome to my talk entitled, <clears throat> uh, these, are all the, these are all my working titles for this talk. Uh, love can save us, love for ourselves and for others and for the world. It's okay to make mistakes. You can always start again. The present is a gift. Don't give up. That's the long title of this talk. <laughs> um, what I think is really special about this practice um, is the, the emphasis on being present and um, the very true idea that the present moment is all we really have. Um, and I like to think about existing in the present moment as a kind of grace. That the fact that the earth hasn't opened up to swallow me down into it 
means that I still have another chance <laughs> to, um, to be better than what I was even just the moment before. And, um, and so when I'm working with young people and when I'm working with adults, that's kind of like one. So I've been on this friendship, uh, friendship towards oneself kick. If you, listen to, if you listen to my previous talk from last year, it's just, that's, that's what I talked about last year. And I'm kind of going to talk about the same thing because that's just been um, what's been alive for me. But... Um, seeing the present moment as a kind of grace, as just as a, as a, as truly another opportunity, um, and as a source of strength and as a reminder, um, not to give up, not to say that passing away or that you know death or whatever is is any kind of finality, but life as we know it if we're in this next moment, is happening for us. And there's a, all this sort of unlimited opportunity that we have to, um, to make adjustments or to make corrections. Um, there's this song by the um, Isley Brothers called At Your Best. Anybody know that song? Okay. So tell me if I'm... if. Uh, if I get this line wrong, but, um, oh, but I know the Aaliyah version. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, rest in peace, Aaliyah. Um, uh, so there are some times, there are some times that I fall short of what I say, what I say I'm all about, all about. But at your best, you are love. You're a positive, motivating force within my life. Should you ever feel the need to wonder why, let me know, let me know. Yeah, such a beautiful song. But that lyric in particular, there are some times that I fall short of what I say. I'm all about. Um, yeah, I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but <laughs> I think I have like this list of ideals tattooed on my heart and I, <laughs> I kind of just rebel against them from time to time or I just forget or I just, I've, maybe I've just set the bar too high for myself and I just keep missing it. Um, and, you know, you can really, um, when you miss those bars, when you miss those, those marks that you set for yourself today, you know, I didn't mean to set you up for failure with the whole reflection on intention at the end of our sit, because I, I, have, I have all kinds of intentions at the beginning of the day, and usually by breakfast, they are... A, they're fraying at the edges a little bit. And, um, and yeah, and I, I, really, I really can get very hard on myself when I've made a mistake, a small mistake or, um, or a big one. And being able to pause, being able to look around and say, well, I'm still here. 
and uh, so far. And so I have this opportunity. I have an opportunity to, to adjust. I can't take back whatever, but I have an opportunity to adjust course. Um, there really is something special and precious about that. Um, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, my, and also my manager in music, um, abruptly had to get um, emergency back surgery, spinal surgery, uh, right when the retreat started. And um, he has struggled with some, some issues in the past, which make me afraid for what his recovery is going to be like. Um, and I was talking to Tom Pesolo last night. And gosh, I just went so far into the future. And like, you know, I don't know, like if he's going to be okay, I'm not sure if he's going to be okay. And I just really, really want him to be all right. And you know, I just, I'm just, man, I'm getting older and I don't know if I can, I don't know if I, if, if, if this doesn't work out and he can't manage me anymore, I just might quit music because I just can't think about having another, I just starting that relationship all over again. I just don't know if I'll do it. I'm just going to be like, I'll still be like a Dharma person, I guess, but how will I make, mo- how will I make money? And, um, but whatever, I just don't want to do it again. He t- Tom Pesolo was just looking at me. He just, you know, he has these big eyes. So he, <laughs> so he was just like, I think you should just let yourself be right here, right now, because just none of that stuff is happening. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I teach this all the time. This is my thing. This is my signature thing. Don't do that. And I was just, I was so lost in it. And I was, and, and... well, because our emotions and our thoughts are, um, so it's like a dream. Oh, man, I had a dream that I was in a fight with my old music partner. And there was, and I guess there's unresolved stuff there. And it was so real, this dream. You know how it is. The dream is so real. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, man. I don't know what all that was about. But I'm just always taken by how compelling our thoughts and our emotions are, the sensation of our thoughts, the sensation of our emotions. They are, they are bot- to our bodies, those are, they're very real things. So then when we get caught in the imagining of what is going to happen next, how is this next thing going to be? How will I be? Really, how will I be? That's like, and then, because even, at least speaking for myself, even my concern is, is so laden with my own self-concern. How will this affect me? Look at where I went. My friend's having back surgery. Will I ever do music again? <laughs> so selfish. But I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't, I, but that's where I meandered to. I, I had, my heart was just out with him, and I was just feeling so much for him. And then it just went this way, and then it just turned into this like neurotic obsessing of how will I survive this? Like, bro. You're not, you didn't have an operation, dude. What is up with you? And, um, and so Tom Pesolo was just like, 
you know what I think? I think you should just relax <laughs> and find a way to relate to how you're feeling um, in as calm and loving a way as possible. Um, and it was just such a revelation to me, even though this thing that, I've, that I try to uh, express or to teach people over and over again, we forget that very easily, especially when we feel like our thing is on the line. So um, I just think it's really important whatever has happened has happened and whatever will happen has not happened yet. And this very moment is where we can make sense of, course correct, um, redeem, um, or just forgive. Um, I, I really hope this is okay and that uh, my dad doesn't get upset at me for bringing this up, but it's all good. Um, yeah, so growing up, oh no, we can, I can, I can talk about this. Yeah, so growing up, I just didn't have the easiest relationship with my father. I'm an only child and only child of, uh, of immigrants, of African immigrants who definitely did not come here saying that I'm going to have a child. I'm going to have my only son. and He's going to be a rapping Dharma teacher. <laughs> That is not what they had in mind at all. You know what? Actually, no. My mom was just like, whatever. You're here. What? Actually, that was her attitude. I think that was her like, but probably internally she was like, oh, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> and, and definitely my father was like, I did not sign up for this at all. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> man... Sorry, Dad. But, yeah, I mean, we just, we just had a very contentious relationship. And, um, but it was even before I decided what I wanted to do in life, I just, my dad just um, was not always an easy person to be around. And as a child, everything is magnified. So as I, get, as I have gotten older, I look back and maybe it's just, I'm just doing revisionist history. I look back and I'm just like, oh, maybe, maybe I was just blowing things out of proportion as a child. But what else are you going to do as a kid? That's like, you know, everything else, everything literally is so big, you know. And so, but I talked to my mom one Mother's Day and I asked her, I was like, you know, was, am I bugging or was it, was it kind of difficult? Was it was it difficult? She was like, no, it was, it was, it was freaking difficult. <laughs> so I was like, all right, so I'm not just making this up. This isn't just, but something happened. I don't know what happened or when it happened. Um, oh, I think this is the part of my talk called, hold on. <laughs> Love can save us. Bam, bam. <laughs> um, yeah, some, so, I ne so I was resigned to just forever having this um, unpleasant relationship with my dad. I'd, my, when I was a kid, my dad would walk in the room and I'd feel like I had to go to the bathroom. Like my anxiety would just hit me in my stomach so hard. And that's such a 
you know, that's such a physical, a psychophysical response. You don't think that that's just going to up and go away one day. I definitely had no hope for it to go away at all. I had no hope for our relationship, really. At most, just, you know, that British colonial cordiality. Oh, hello, Dad. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, officer. How are you doing? Oh, fine, thank you. Would you like a Guinness? Like, yeah, sure. And then, and then that's it. Oh, God, so British, you know. That's a whole nother chapter. Um... But I don't know, it's like, and I, it's, it happened imperceptibly. This ice just melted, and it just melted over, over time. Babe, right? Yeah, you've seen, you saw when it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> and now look at it now. I'm fast forwarding, but I don't know what really happened. But as I became a grown-up, I started to think about why was it so difficult to be in relationship with my dad? And then I started to think about what I knew of his story and how his father passed away when he was 13 under abrupt circumstances. Abrupt and then prolonged. So his dad had a stroke and then there was a prolonged decline. But he essentially lost his dad when he was 13. So I remember being 16 and my dad saying to me, you know, I'm flying solo from here. I don't have any context for how to do this anymore. Right? And, and I really don't even remember anything um, uh, from 13. That's it, you know. And I kind of just, you know, you know, you're a teenager. You're like, all right, whatever. You still suck. So, <laughs> Dad, I'm so sorry. Please don't listen to this talk. Um, but I love you so much. We're good now, right? So, um, we're in the present, and the past is the past. Yeah, but um, I and so I thought about that more, and I just thought about like what was what was it like for him to just to be 13, to be a child, and to have the rug just yanked out from under you to lose. And, and from, my, from my understanding, my dad's dad was his world. And not only that, my grandfather was like this sort of upstanding pillar of the community. He was a pharmacist, which was the equivalent of, he was Dr. Jones Corte to the community. And they had a pretty nice, like well-to-do life. And then that just stopped abruptly. So for my dad, there was just always this anxiety of losing. And then I, and then I was the only child, right? And, and, and that family trauma had sort of reverberated into his siblings. So there wasn't really this closeness. Um, and so I just feel, I, you know, and I'm not, tr- not trying to psychoanalyze him too much, but I just think that my dad was always paranoid about loss and the, the very real possibility that he could lose me or my mom or in our whole life at the drop of a hat. If it happened to his dad, it could happen. And so that's why, maybe that's why there was all this pressure all the time. Um, and, and some of this like misdirected anger and all kinds of stuff. And, and then my heart really opened up to him. And I tried to just understand. And, I, and right now I, I think about him as a 13 year old and I just feel like I could like crying. And, um, oh, I might. And, um, and, and my heart just broke for him. 
And in my heart breaking for my dad, like all this love came out also. And I, and I had this plan to, to write to him like, you know, how you fucked my life up. Dad. And I was, and I was gonna give it to him at some point. I, we were in Ghana, and, and my, my, my cousins, who also had similar experiences with them, I think we was going to be like this consortium letter to our parents, like, how you ruined us. And, um, and then we heard them talk about that each one of them gave us this narrative of the day their father died. Oh. And, we def- and that just... That just melted for all of us. I know it melted for me. And there's been this gradual melt. And my father and I are such good friends now. And this is a reality that was unfathomable to me, impossible to me. And yet it's the reality. It's my reality right now. I don't feel any fear or trepidation seeing my dad. I just, I feel very happy having him around. I, f- I feel, I feel awesome being in relationship with him. And so when I, so I, so I called my mom that Mother's Day and I was like, mom, so, cause, but my dad, it's not just a one-way street. My dad has also become this different person, this very like relaxed and it's like that old, I don't even, I, I can't even imagine him being that way, the way that it was. And so I asked my mom, like, how did this happen? She's like, you know, I don't know. I think we just both forgave all that stuff. I was like, you know, I think we did. And I think in doing so, it freed us. And I think it freed him too. And, and yeah. And if my, if, when my dad passes away, um, there's not going to be, there's not going to be this, this thing that I thought there would be. You know, I'm going to be kind of all right with how we made it through our journey together. And, um, and so there's just, there's what uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, he's a controversial guy, I know, but he said a lot of cool stuff. And um, he talks about nothing being fixed in terms of nothing being uh, solid or, or landlocked you know, really. And that, and because nothing is landlocked, because nothing is crazy glued together, there's always this um, opportunity and potentiality for things to change and for things to grow. Now, sometimes the rug can get pulled out from under us in a way that's disastrous. um, But even that disaster state is not fixed. There's always an opportunity to grow. So back to, you know, um, yeah, there are times that I find that I fall short of what I say I'm all about, but that's not a fixed state. Just recognizing that is the beginning of, of evolving past that. So I don't know. I just, if, if, any, if y'all are anything like me, maybe there are sticking points uh, in your life, or maybe there's a sticking person in your life Maybe there's just something that you just kind of just gave up on. It's like, you know, it's just going to be that way. You know, it's just going to always be this way, uh, this, ne- this unpleasant way. And I just, 
I just want to um, encourage you to be open to the possibility that it doesn't, that things are not landlocked. They don't always have to stay um, in that difficult space. I know so many people um, in my life, in, in my life also as a musician, um, there's so much uh, addiction that's present. Um, opioid addiction is a big thing. Um, cocaine addiction is a big thing. Alcoholism is a big thing. And um, I'm not immune to any of those things. I don't think any of us are. And I know f- people who have seriously struggled with those things and, I, and who you would have just sworn were just lost, just lost causes. And, and they have not been. There's just been an opportunity to reset. So we have this reset button in us all the time. And the present moment is this gigantic reset or uh, uh, game pad or whatever. And then we've got the reset button on it and we can just hit reset. We can just reset our intentions. We can retake the precepts. We can say, I'm sorry. We can apologize to ourselves. We can forgive ourselves. We can forgive the people who have hurt us. We can recognize that um, it's just pain, it's just a wave. Sometimes people who have hurt us, are just, they're, they're just on a tidal wave of pain and we just happen to be in their way. They didn't really mean to smack us, but what do you do when a wave's coming to you? You just get hit sometimes. And just, just as silly as it is to be angry at the wave, you just pick yourself up and either just get out of the water or just or learn to surf or something. But the present is a gift. And we all, if, if we can take another breath, if we can take another step, if we can look around and see a new color, hear a new sound, all of that newness is inviting us to be new as well. We're not prisoners of the past. I know karma and all that stuff, yeah. But that's, that's none of our business. You know, our business is what do we do in the present moment? And oh, I used to be a paralegal in one of my lives, and I always used to, uh, in some law firms, you, you have like these standard templates where you write letters, and in some, um, and they would all have like these standard uh, uh, endings. Um, oh, so letters would always end with best regards, um, and then emails would always end with thank you for your kind attention to this matter, which meant please do it now, goddammit. <laughs> um, but, but I. <laughs> Uh, those two words, kind attention, they kind of stuck with me. And then I was like, because I was bringing it, I was bringing it up in some class. I was like, yeah, that's what we're out here doing as mindfulness people, as Dharma people. We are trying to bring our kind attention to each moment. And I was like, where have I heard that before? <laughs> oh yeah, that lady who fired me <laughs> sent me a bunch of those. And I did not pay kind attention. That's probably why I got fired. (laughs) 
but <laughs> but um but that's all good i mean but we can pay kind attention we can just have that as our intention today i will bring my kind attention to myself and to the people around me you know and if we if we mess that up if we if we have a moment where we screw that up that's all right we can just hit the reset button and bring you can bring kind attention to your forgetting but you, there's as long as we're here as long as we're breathing there's always an opportunity to be in the grace of the present moment and all of us are worthy of it otherwise we just wouldn't be here we'd be doing something else off somewhere else some other dimension so that's just really that's what's been on my mind is in my quest to be more friendly to myself and to others one of the things um that i try to remind myself is you know right here right now that's that's where i am so whatever hasn't gone right this is the moment where i can make it right and that will then we'll see and then we'll, then we'll see what happens mm. but yeah but be kind to yourself be gentle to yourself you're the only self you got and you're the only person that you are going to be with every moment of every day for the rest of your life seriously you are literally the only person who's going to hang out with you constantly <laughs> so if that relationship sucks man the whole thing <laughs> the whole thing is going to suck it's tough to be in a relationship with yourself but it is it's worthwhile cuz you're the only is is you we're in a relationship with each other for sure but if that at home relationship is not going well then everything else is going to is it's going to be a challenge so so much love and appreciation for all of you listening to my meandering <laughs> tales <laughs> and yeah be well um oh yeah okay and <laughs> yeah thank you Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.